Garzo and Catone. I think, I think, listen, Mark, listen, hold on. When I say, would you have caffeine today? What the hell is that up to Presented by Special Sauce Podcast, Studio 42 Design, and Corso Law Group. Now for the real deal New England feel, Corso and Catone. Welcome into Corso and Catone, the real deal New England feel. I'm Corso, he's Catone, Joe's in the booth, and you're with us on YouTube and listening on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you podcast. And hey, check us out on uh, Twitter. Joe's already having technical difficulties. What the hell? What the hell was that? <laughs> That's our audience right there. <laughs> All right. It's studio audience. All right. The studio audience. Fine. So, and, and I think the studio audience wants to check us out on Twitter and uh, give our heated hotline a call. 855-313-PATS. Call in 24-7. Leave us a message. Anything's on. Hey, listen, this is my, guys, this is my favorite. Honestly, sorry, Mark, with Catone's comments, but heated hotline is my favorite thing. You know, I love hearing from you people out there. So make sure you have a take and we'll choose yours. 855-313-7287. We've got a lot to get through today. Great show. And Weekly Rewind, are the Bruins in trouble? And, hey, MLB, welcome to the 21st century. Uh, Catone's comment. It's, like, it's, always... like, it's like the Jetsons. That's it. They're here now. You know, they, they caught up. So Catone's comment, stick around for that. And uh, we'll hear from one of you in the nation in heated hotline later on in the show. And in real deal, do the Pats have their number one? So, guys, busy, exciting week, of course. And uh, before we uh, rewind, what's happened? What the hell's happening with you two? I, I could tell you something's happened with Mark, but what do you... Uh, it's been anything? a good week. It's been an exciting week. Listen, you know me. This is my favorite... One, well, no, my favorite time of the year, obviously, is football season. However, you know I love the start of baseball season, Chris. Yeah. Wow. You know that. Let, let me tell you how, I, Joe. I have to digress just for a second. Okay? Oh, I digress. Because last night, I'll back up Mark's words right now um, about baseball. Well, so first of all, night, Joe, I get a text at midnight before he tells you his story. Midnight, I get a don't text. Don't start qualifying it immediately. No, wait a minute. I'm not qualifying your story. I'm just telling you it's midnight our time, Joe. Like, I can't even sleep. He's texting. Can you review some of the content for the show? I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess. Okay. It's only nine o'clock. It's only nine o'clock. My night's just getting going. Hogan's Heroes just comes on and I'm ready to go. So now, by the time I by the time I ended talking to him, Joe, it's one o'clock in the morning, our time. Yeah. You know what? Stop acting like you were sound asleep, like a little like, you know. So what about 10.30, my time, one 1.30 your time, right, everybody on the East Coast? I get a phone call. What are you doing, he says. So what am I doing? I'm watching uh, Perry Mason over here. And he said, so now I hear him yelling at the TV or something. He's like, are you kidding me? How do you throw that pitch? I'm like, what are you? I said, it's it's 1.30 in the morning over there. What are you watching right now? I'm watching the 1977 World Series. He says <laughs> The nineteen, the Yankees, right, Mark? What it was, Bert Hooten was pitching for for the Dodgers. Reggie Jackson hit the home run. What? Bert Hooten, he says. Yeah, Bert Hooten. So people, everyone, and you know how many times I get asked that question: Is Mark really like this? Is he that? Is he that way? I'm like, this is who he is in real life. Kids watching 1977 World Series. So 
Mark, we got baseball season coming. So listen, um, we're going to have to do a special episode for the fans and do a whole real rewind and just do one year, 1977, do every sport from 1977. Yeah. You guys got it. Where were you in 1977? All right, Joe. Well, let's rewind. Oh, again, call me off guard for the rewind and just going to slap. I said rewind eight times. I know, but here we go. Let's do it. Going back, back, going back through the week for a weekly rewind. So uh, NHL is uh, winding down. There's about 11 games to go. The, the Bruins, they've won 18 out of the last 23, which sounds real good, real promising, right? Uh, they're fifth in the conference. But are they in trouble? I mean, are they in trouble? Because that's the question. Here are the points. Injuries, defensive problems. I throw Swayman in that mix. Marshan is his own worst enemy. So – Let's go to the injuries. Right now, Lindholm and Pasternak are both out. We don't know the extent of the injuries for both of them. One of them is a lower lower body injury. One's an upper body injury. I think Lindholm's injury is a little – he got hurt uh, in against Detroit the other night, and Pasternak went out against Columbus a couple of nights before that. So I think Lindholm's going to come back sooner, but Pasternak, we don't know. Without those two guys, guys, if without those two guys, do they screw? Do they have a chance? Yeah, no, they're screwed. They're absolutely screwed. First of all, Lindholm elevated McElroy to to a whole different level. He, he all of a sudden is is going in, digging, charging the net, doing things that we were waiting for him to do. Lindholm shows up, and all of a sudden he's doing everything we thought he should have been doing for the last two years. Right. So absolutely, Lindholm has made a huge <laughs> Yeah, again, with, with McAvoy, sure. And Pasternak, yeah, Pasternak's been playing well the last, what, eight, ten weeks? I, I, I mean, I, I think I, I, if if those guys are out for an extended period of time, you can't make a run without those two guys in your lineup. You don't have anywhere near enough depth to cover for that. Well, Pasternak, Pasternak takes care of that. He solidifies that second line. It makes yeah. that second line viable with Hall, you know what I mean? And that Hall has been playing well at center. So, again – yeah, I, I think they're screwed to pass or not, but geez, I think they're more screwed if Lindholm's out. Now they got three weeks because just for what you said, McAvoy's been playing so much better. But Mark, Chris, talk about what Lindholm's brought though. Like, okay, yeah. So obviously McElroy, his game has McAvoy, McAvoy. His game has has elevated. I am. He's that more about that later. His game is elevated, but yeah. no, what, it is. But what is Lindholm bringing? What does he bring to the team? Because Lindholm's the kind of guy, he's not going to clear out the front of the net. That's not who he is, but he'll get in the corners. He's a bigger guy, pushes guys around. He can handle the point. He can play well at the point and allow McAvoy to pinch in, pinch in, go down into the corners in the offensive end. McAvoy's got great stick handling ability. You may have thought he was like a center or a wing, the way he, the way he handles the puck. And then now this is like you say, it's allowing him to get down in there, get dirty, and you've seen in the last couple of games, you've seen McAvoy coming in uh, into the corners, getting the ball, getting the ball out, getting the puck out to the center. Lindholm brings that trust. It's the trust factor. And McAvoy now is looking at a guy saying, I can trust him so I can come in. So, but the problem is 
where's the trust in the rest of the defense? Mark, the defense stinks. I mean, you got guys. <laughs> I mean, they put so right. Should they, but 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 well, I want to go back to that trade deadline. When, when, when at the trade deadline, we were like, well, maybe they need. They should have brought in another wing. But defensively, I, I mean, I think. No, people, uh, like they didn't bring it enough, probably. Nah, right? No, no, but I think it, Lindholm was a great pickup, and I think it was a good trade. No, but I'm saying in addition to him. Well, I think they thought, well, you know, we're going to get enough out of Carlo, Clifton, Brown, Grizzlick. I mean, these are the guys we're talking about, and Riley and Forbart. They figured, well, those are those are second, third line guys, fourth line yeah. pinch in. But the problem is that's why we keep talking about without Lindholm. No, they're done. That top, that top pairing. McAvoy and Lindholm per excellent. One of the best in hockey, I will say. The drop-off from those two guys, okay. They've put they've put uh Riley and Fallbort together. Let me just throw you a couple of numbers. Shots 28 to 6. When those two guys are on the for the last several games, they've been on 28 shots to six for the Bruins when those two guys are on the ice. That's ridiculous. Five goals to zero when those two guys are on the ice. You gotta get them away from each other. That's that's just Pitiful, Mark. Pitiful. Man, that's 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 awful. That's absolutely awful. I mean, so, no, and, it, and 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 so you got to separate those two guys because between, I mean, it'll probably be Carlo and Clifton in the next line or Grizzlick. Then you'll go with the like, problem is you don't Brown. have much. To, you don't have much to juggle at that position. No. Like you're gonna have to mix things up hundred percent. However. What do you really? It's it's like you you know you're playing you're 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 shuffling scraps for Christ's sakes. Like they don't have enough to really put together a combination. And say okay, you know what? We can move these chess pieces around the board and we'll be okay. That's going to be something they're going to have to really piece together and hope that they can stretch enough of that out yeah. to, to make a playoff run. But that's going to be an issue, I think, going forward. Probably is. is the defense, right? And McAvoy, that, that, that top line is going to have to play more minutes. I mean, that's it. They're just yeah. going to have to play more And minutes. in the playoffs, typically you do that anyways, right? Yeah, you, you cut, down, line, you cut down on your lines and you cut down on the shifts yeah. in the playoffs. So so that, that I think, they're envisioning they're going to have to do that anyways. And most teams do that in the playoffs. Right, but the goaltending is what is going to count because if you can you can make up for some of that if your goalie's standing on his head. And I'm a little concerned right now because yeah. Swayman's not playing well right now. Swayman and I want it to be him. I want it to be Swayman, but right now Ulmark's out playing him. Swayman's save percentage is dropped below below ninety percent now. Okay, he can't. Mark, he can't. He can't play the puck. He goes out to play that puck. It's a nightmare. And that's not something you can fix this time of the year. That's no. that's something where I, I think it's fixable, but that's going to have to be something you have to work on maybe in the off seasoning for next year. But you're right to your point. You can't put him in a net in, 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 in a big playoff game in a, in a best of five or best of seven series. You, you're going to have to you're going to have to use the other goaltender. You can't use him. And right now, all marks are playing him. All marks is out playing him. I hope in the next three weeks, because I want it to be every. I think everyone wants it to be Swayman. They do, you know, but, but but it's just not. Uh, it, 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 right now, she's just not getting it done. He should just stay put. Don't try to play that puck because it's 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 tough watching that happen. And and, and listen, we've said the last two years, in order to win a Stanley Cup, most of the time, in some rare rare occasion, you got a team that's just so dominant it doesn't make a difference. But typically, the team that wins the cup. If you look at their playoff run, there's games where their goalie, and we've been saying this for the last few years, Chris, 
There's games where your goalie is going to have to stand on his head and make stops to steal you a game or two, especially if you may not be the most talented team in the playoffs. But if you have that guy in between the pipes, he can get you to a Stanley Cup. And, and in the case of the Bruins, I don't necessarily, I know they're not the most talented team in hockey this year, but if they could get a goalie that could steal them a few games in the playoffs like that, they could make themselves a run. But the goalie's going to have to do that in one or two games because yeah. they, they just don't have the roster to go in and dominate. They're going to need the goalie to help them. Hey, listen, I think I think if they're playing, I think if they come with all, all barrels, everything loaded, yeah, I think they can make a deep playoff run. But yeah, they're gonna have the goalie's gonna have to make up for some of that, and then none of it's gonna make a difference if Jackass Marshan doesn't doesn't what stop. What the hell is wrong things. with him? Uh, listen, so against Columbus, right? They play in the other night. The game's like over, you know, and 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 so he gives a shot to some guy. He comes in, hits hits him up high, not a dirty hit, clean hit, but a dangerous hit. So like, if the guy was six feet, not six one. His head goes right into the boards, probably. And, and he'll probably, and he's probably suspended for suspended. the rest of the year. He'll right. be going, they'll suspend him the rest of the year this they're time. Looking because, for a reason. Yes, because of what's already happened to him this year. You're right. They're looking for a reason to put him out for the season. And so, what's Moron do? He follows it up against Detroit. They get into that with like it's like three minutes left in the game. The Bruins have lost that game. He gets into it with somebody over there and was fine. Cross check on Marshan. He gives a little shot with the stick. Whistle blows. Done. Now he punches. Now he goes up, up high to the guy in the head. You, why are you doing this? Especially with Pastor Knockout, you got three weeks left. You're the guy. Is he just a? Is he just want to get? Does he want to get suspended? Yeah, he. I don't know what mentally he goes on in his head. Let me tell you something. If I knew what mentally went on in his head, I'd be making a ton of money. I wouldn't be doing this. That's for damn sure. Yeah. Right? But, You'd have him on the couch saying, "So, uh, yeah. you know." Tell us what's happening there. You know? right? But he, he, yeah, I don't understand. I, I don't know what's wrong with him. I mean, this has been going on for years. At some point, I understand he's extremely talented, skilled player, one of your leaders, one of your veterans. At some point, you're going to have to make a decision with him too. I, I mean, obviously, it's a little late this year, but you're going to have to walk away from him and see what yeah. you can do for him, I think. He's just not one of those guys that you can trust to, to make the right decision and lead you to a cup. He hasn't led you to a cup here. Well, listen, so we'll see. I mean, there's enough reasons to ask the question, are the Bruins in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And so Mark and I, and I think there's a consensus here that if certain things go a certain way, yeah, they are in a lot of trouble, but hopefully they everything, everything They together. need everything to break perfectly. Yeah. Injuries, goaltending, keeping your, 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 your cool and composure under pressure, hashtag Mashian, right? So, so, hashtag, did you like that? Did you like that? <laughs> Joe, he's going to get with the times, Joe. Yeah, but 1977, you're watching Mason and keep up with the times, will you please? Keep up with the times. That's what makes me, me. I can go from 1977 to 2022. <laughs> well, right? we want to hear from you. Let us know in Heated Hotline. Do you think they're in trouble? And uh, so, all right, let's, let's see. Let's see how up on the times you really are, because now we're going to talk about the other thing this week, which was baseball. So is baseball now welcome to the 21st century sort of deal? So what happens this week is this is big talk about the changes in baseball to try to shorten the game, make it more entertaining, more interesting. And so one of the things they're talking about to, to one shorten the game, I don't know how it's going to, but or 
to take the signal stealing away. So they have this system they want to put in place with the signal and the and and the 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 uh, catcher's going to signal the the pitcher. Mox, explain what this is. So they're gonna he's gonna have on a, like a band or something. He's gonna have some some contraption on his arm, and he's gonna signal in the pitching to the pitcher, who's also gonna have a receiver on, and I guess inside their hat, there's gonna be a little speaker or something that's going to relay what the pitch is. In about 15, 20 different languages, right? So so it's gonna say, okay, fastball to the left. I don't I don't know what it's gonna say, right? And and the pitcher's gonna throw the pitch. But then if the pitcher doesn't agree, what what what, what I guess there's something on their arm where they can hit a button to, to, to change the pitch. Well, can't he do the same thing and just shake his head and then he goes and hits another button? Is that yeah. Yeah, he can do that too, but I don't know if he's going to do that because I don't know if they want them to know that they. I, I don't know how it's going to work. I'm going to be honest with you. I have no no clue what they're doing, but they think this is going to speed up the game because then, of course, when that thing in the head that the, the hat doesn't work because you know technology is not going to work. Right. Like when what was his name? Uh, Tomlin said he could hear. Uh, he was trying to call plays into Roethlisberger, and he could hear Scott Zolak doing the play by play. Remember. <laughs> Right. So, what? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it speeds up the game. I love it. I love it. I gotta tell you, I love it. The more of these But do you think of, that's gonna speed up the game? I don't see how it can. I, I don't see how it can. I mean, maybe it gets the signal out to them quicker and, and I mean if they hang in their hat baseball to try to speed the game up and make it worse. And make it slow it down. Slow I mean, if down. they're trying to take away the stealing, the, the, the signal stealing and all that, okay. I just I love the idea because I want to see it. I want to see it in action. I want to see these these fools out there trying to press buttons, like you said, the Jetsons, right? The press buttons and things like that. But but what I find really funny is they say it's going to be in all these languages, right? So if he's pressing a button, so it isn't him talking. It's it's the catcher talking. It's just pressing a button, and then some somebody says something, something in the end. Yeah. You know? So who's the voice? Like, how do they determine what the voice is, who it is, and how it sounds like? There's going to be like Surrey, like that kind of thing. Yeah, where... I don't know. It's well, yeah, it's going to have like to be some. <laughs> yeah, it's going to have to be some computer-generated voice, right? I don't. Who the hell knows? Hey, <laughs> if it could be anybody's voice, wouldn't that be? They have that now, you know. They had. I was going to use that in a couple of heated hotlines. I just wanted to see if it worked, but it was a. Uh, basically, they could do it's. Called, one site is called Fake You, I think it's I think specifically, and they have like different people doing different voices, like Samuel L. Jackson stuff like that. Like, really? You type it in, and then it comes up as a different voice. Wow, what's he gonna? What's Samuel L. Jackson gonna be like? Throw the effing ball! Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I, yeah. Yeah, what are you gonna? What Bob Yeah, yeah. Would be beautiful if you had Mark. That would be the best. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah throw sure. a strike right now. I don't care what kind of fish you throw. Just throw it up and away. Get the guy out. That, that's how. Jesus that's Christ. What, that's what the pitcher would be hearing if that if that were mock. But, yeah, wouldn't it be fun to have anybody like, you know, like like my kids used to watch that South Park. Like, you know, like yeah, that. Yeah, those yeah, kids, you know, yeah, yeah. get out of the strike, Ma. You know, like some <laughs> stupid yeah. thing like that. Listen, I. Yeah, that's a great heated hotline. Call us. Give us messages of the who you want to hear saying this stuff. But Mark, I don't see how that speeds up the game. You know, I no, I, don't, I, 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 I don't know. How, I, I, I'm dying to see this in play because 
I don't know how that's going to work. I have no clue how that's working. Well, what the other thing too is is for the position players, because if you're playing in the infield, you want to know what pitch is coming. I mean, you're reading those signals too. You know the signals that that the catcher's putting down, because you're doing your scouting. You you know what. You, and that's a great point. Some of these hitters, yeah. right? So you understand the pitch is coming. You understand how that hitter takes, you know, hit, hits a change up or an away pitch, a, a high tight pitch, something like that. You can get yourself ready as a position player. Now you have no idea. You're not hearing it. So I, I'm not sure. I don't know. But I say, you know what, Mark? Give them, give them the green dot like they do in football. Yeah. Like make the make the manager get off his fat ass, okay? On this, uh, not the manager, the, the pitching coach, okay? And sit over there and say and do something all game. They call in the play, they call in the game at half the time anyway. So let them talk. And everybody, everybody on the field's got something in their hat. They can, everyone can hear it. Which I'm going to be in honest with you. That that's something though. I'll be honest with you. That that really. <laughs> That really upsets me because. By the way, Mark's not feeling well today. So <coughs> no. you know, everybody knows. So they teach kids for when I mean I know because my son played and still playing. They're 15 years old and they're teaching them to call a game to catcher. If you're a good enough catcher, they're yeah. teaching you how to call a game. Okay, so by the time you get to high school and you're in college, never mind major leagues, you're able as a catcher, a good catcher, to call a game with your pitcher, and and at the end of the inning. You should be sitting with a pitching coach and going through, hey, you screwed up there. You screwed up there, you know, because you have already studied the roster. The hitters, that's that's pre- that's game preparation. Yeah. So, you know what, Chris? The goddamn pitching coach at that level shouldn't even have to call the damn game. If you're getting you're getting, you're going to catch that's making millions of dollars with a pitcher that's making God knows how much money. You can't figure out how to call the game between the two of you. Are you kidding me? Well, but isn't that the same? Isn't that isn't that arguing the other? So in football, does that mean the quarterback should call their own plays? The good ones do, don't they? Well, I mean, the good ones know, do, don't they? Football. The ones that the ones that are, that are incompetent, they got to call the plays for them because they don't know what the hell they're doing. But I mean, most 95 percent of all the play calls are coming from the sideline. Somebody's like this over there. No, you know, but 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 I think it's a variation though. Don't they give you us? Don't they give you Chris a? You can a, check a, the certain things. Yeah. Like, and I think a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFL, Chris, are probably checking down based on form. There's so many defensive formations that they're throwing at you at that level, right? I- I'm sure you may be calling something in, but then there's five variations off of that one set that you can call because of whatever the defense is in front of you, right? Well, well, and look, I don't know how that's going to speed up the game, but a couple of other things I want to get to uh, before we get to break. Uh, you know, some of the changes that are making that I think will speed up the game. I mean, you're talking about the shift. We know the shift is gone. The infield shift. That's gone. Mock loves it. I love it too. You've been screaming for that for years. Yeah, I like that. So that's gone now. So everybody's got to play their position. But I listened to Theo Epstein this week. But what a smart dude that is. That guy. He's he's the best. He's the best in baseball. He's gonna he's gonna be the commissioner at some point. I hope he is because he's He's the best. He's the best in baseball. So they're now. We don't like analytics, but they're using analytics now to fix the game, which is fine with me. Now, what they found in the minor leagues, they've tried some of these things. They're talking about instituting an illegal defense so like other sports you have illegal defenses you can call yeah so what happens now is the outfielders are playing so deep now they're like way deep so you know you're not getting you're not getting stretches anymore stretch singles to double uh doubles triples those are all down because of this they're yep. wanting to put an illegal defense in for the outfield that pulls them in i don't know how that speeds up the game because the me it'll have more hits 
more doubles, more guys mm-hmm. on, a longer mm-hmm. inning. I don't yeah. know, more pitching changes. Yeah. But I kind of like the fact that they're trying to, you know, trying to make the game more interesting, exciting. I don't know. What do you think of that? I don't know if I'm a fan of it, but but I, I I'd like to. I mean, if they want to try it on 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 a trial basis for a year, see if it makes the game more exciting. I'm I'm all for that. I, I mean, you know me. I'm I'm like a, some of those things. I think I'm too much of a purist. I mean, if I if I'm telling my center fielder to play three seventy five, four hundred feet back because he's a dead center hit hitter and he's gonna hit the ball four hundred feet like Mike Trout. Well. You're gonna tell me now I gotta bring him into 300, or it's a, it, it's illegal. It's it, that's ridiculous, right? Well, to me, that's a little that's a little ridiculous. But you know what? I'm willing to give it a shot. Hey, try it for a year. Let's see what it actually looks like and what it actually consists of. And hey, you're right. Maybe it'll add to the game. Maybe it'll add to some. Maybe it'll bring some excitement and, and and things of that nature to the game. And if it can, listen, they're gonna do something to try to grow viewership, right? And, and try to make this a more exciting game because it's starting to hemorrhage. So. I, I, Hey, I'm willing to give it a shot too. and see the pitch, the pitch clock. But the pitch clock's next year, right? Not that this is. year. Well, they try it in the minor leagues. They've done it. And yeah. what happens is the, the hitter has got to get in the box. He's got to be in the box with nine seconds left or else yeah. it's a strike, period. Beautiful. You, you, I love that. And you I know love what? It. You, you, I love they'll, it. Bitch, they'll bitch about it, but you see oh. how quick that they come around to it. But, you know, Mark, the, the only you other thing. You know what else I heard, too, they're going to start to do, talking about analytics, yeah. is they're going to take analytics into contract negotiations. So what you just brought up about the infield, okay? So now a guy, for example, like Bogots, because of the shift, they would be able to put him in positions to get the balls, and same thing with Devers, that they probably wouldn't typically get to because they don't have that kind of range. Well, now if they make you go back and play a certain position, and stay within a certain parameter on that side of the field. That affects your play, yeah. Well, now Devers and, 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 and Bogots don't have the range. They can't get the certain balls. And they said they're going to put an equation, they're going to put some kind of calculation into your contract negotiations wow. and say, hey, defensively, you're a liability. You can't go from point A to point B. You can hit, but you can't field. Hey, Mark, next gen stats in football. Exactly, and that's what's coming. That's what's going to come to baseball. Thank you for saying that's a great analogy, Chris. Great comparison. Next gen stats are coming to baseball, and they're going to bring them into contract negotiations. I was just listening to that today. Well, so you know what, Mark? The only last thing I'll tell you, the, guys, the thing that pisses me off though a little bit in all of this is, like, you, this is sort of what I make the players take it out of the game. You know what I mean? Like, you want to you want to take the shift away. For Christ almighty, will somebody learn how to hit the ball opposite field? Because I'll tell you something right now. You do that for a month, you got you get the shift over there, and you have guys hitting it down the third baseline or the first baseline for a month, yeah, the shift is gone. You won't even need a rule. So why don't you learn how to hit the baseball? Well, you mean to tell me these guys, but you mean to tell me these guys made it to the major leagues as professional ball players and they couldn't you mean to tell me they couldn't hit to all, all, all areas of the field when they first came up? They had to have this this shift BS. Oh, he can only gonna hit it to the right side. Something happened to that player during the course of his development. He wasn't doing right. that in high school and college. Now all of a sudden that's a deficiency. You can't hit it again. Something's not right there. You're right. right. They should away. be able to hit it. You don't like it. You don't like the fact that the Patriots won for twenty years. Beat them. Yeah. Well, now you they like are. the shift. I, take the yeah. you don't like the shift. Take the damn thing away. You know. Yes, what I mean? absolutely. So, I agree. And uh, yeah, so. <laughs> 
Weekly Rewind and, uh, was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? Specialsaucepodcast.com. And by the way, that question still remains. Uh, is Major League Baseball in the 21st century? And by the way, next week, well, I'll tell you. Listen, tell you I, think that, that, I think that it, the answer to that question is let's wait and see because we have to see, at least give us a week to see well, what this looks like. Well, we want to hear right? from you out there and heated hotline on this. And I'll tell you right now what Weekly Rewind next week is going to be. Yankees versus Red Sox. We're going to get into that. When we come back, buckle up. Catone's comments is next. Special Sauce Podcast. Wherever you podcast, what's your special sauce? Hey, Paul, get coming! So as you all know, I'm a huge college basketball fan, obviously. We, we've talked about the NCAA tournament, and kudos to Kansas. They won a national championship. Hey, they beat my Providence Friars, but at least we lost to the national champion. So kudos to Kansas. Rock, Hawk, Jayhawk, right? But watching the last few uh, rounds of the tournament really, really aggravated me. And, and, and I just have to discuss it. So TNT obviously gets a bunch of games now because of the marketing of, of, of it, because this brand college, the NCAA tournament has become so big. It's on True TV. It's on TBS. It's on TNT. It's on CBS. They separated among the four, the, the four networks, right? And that's how they do things. Well, now TNT has their NBA crew. They got Barkley, Kenny Smith, and, 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 and they got the other guy, uh, I forget his name. He does. He's the host of all their NBA, their, their NBA studio games with Shaq and those guys. And then they add in Clark, Clark Hello, who's a college basketball guy. Ernie Johnson, you mean? Ernie Johnson, thank you. Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley know nothing about college basketball at all. I don't care that they played. I don't care that they might have been All-Americans. That doesn't mean they know anything about the sport. They probably watched five games all year. They're consumed with the NBA. They don't even know how to analyze a college basketball game. They got them at halftime. They got them to a post game. I don't want to listen to that fat blob, Charles Barkley, burping because he had too many cheeseburgers in between halftime and the end of the game. Talk about something he has no idea what he's talking about. Absolutely no idea. Perfect example. Saturday, Final Four. Okay, great. They're talking about, you know, uh, the North Carolina Duke game. Okay. Coach K, Duke's coach, Krzyzewski, he's retiring. You know, great, legendary coach. North Carolina beats him. It's his final game. Okay, fine. But at the end of the game, they're talking about what a great game it was. And it was a tribute to both programs. And what a tribute it was to Coach K. Coach K comes out after halftime. Plays a guy who had four fouls. His starting center had three. He leaves the starting center on the bench because he, he's trying to conserve his fouls. Like, it was so poorly coached. Coach K, it was a poorly coached game. There was eight or nine different things that should have been talked about if you know anything about college basketball. And these fools didn't mention any of them. 
any of them. This went on consistently throughout the tournament. I mean, Jesus Christ, I understand name recognition. Oh, it's Charles Barkley, it's Kenny Smith. It's You're degrading the college basketball tournament in the game by having those two fools, because they are fools when it comes to college basketball, actually talking about games. They talked about going into the championship game. They say, well, North Carolina, you know, defensively, is going to be able to shut down Kansas and and, and North Carolina is on a roll and, and, and they're going to win the national championship. You know, that's what Barkley and, and Smith are basically saying, right? Well, if they knew anything about college basketball, Kansas beat Texas Tech two out of three games in their conference. They played them three times. They beat them twice. Texas Tech was one of the best defensive teams in the country. Kansas played Creighton. One of the best defensive teams in the country in the tournament, they beat them. They played Providence, one of the best defensive teams in the country, they beat Providence. The coach for Kansas said Providence was the most physical defensive team we faced all year. The coach said it in the post game. Did they listen to the post game press conference of the team that's playing for the national championship? And then they played Villanova, who was the another one of the top defensive teams in the country in the semifinals. So did they actually think North Carolina had a better defense than those teams? They don't even know what they're talking about. It's an absolute disgrace that those two guys were on TV. I had to, I just had to bring it up because it's been a pet peeve of mine now for three years because those fools have been doing college basketball games only that time of the year. They don't do college basketball all year long. Instead of bringing guys from Fox basketball or CBS basketball and putting them in the studio because there's some good ones. You got these two clowns in there? Absolutely. You know what? Listen, NCAA, get your act together. Get rid of those two guys out of the booth. They stink. Listen, uh, <clears throat> I'm just glad we weren't talking about driving school today. You know, Mark, <laughs> he's pissed off, Joe. <laughs> He's just his microphone. <laughs> he off. Pissed he off. is pissed off right now. I I will agree with you though. It's tough to watch, Mark. You, um, and you watch a lot more college basketball than I do, clearly. Um, but I think is it not? I'll ask you. Is the problem? See, the college game seems to be a lot more pure, a lot more when you're talking it about in analyzing the games, Kellogg and those kind of guys. They're breaking things down. They're using halftime to teach you what what's happening, what these guys are doing on the court versus inside the NBA, which is what these guys are always on, you know, Bockley, Kenny Smith, Kenny, the jet, you know, all those yep. guys there. It's a, that's a show. That's not really a halftime show. That's like yeah. an entertainment show. Yep. You know, with the, the, people tune in more for that than they even do the games sometimes because those guys are entertaining as hell, but you can't, you've got to keep it in the context of professional, like Mark said, right? So is that, you think that's the issue? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, so, I don't understand how they keep bringing them back year after year. I mean, I, I'm not the only one that's critiqued them. They, they have no, they're not, they, they should not be in that studio. They, like you said, they, they're NBA guys. They're not college basketball guys. Well, I'll tell you what, and, and, and Shaq's not, Shaq's not. Shaq doesn't that, do it. Shaq don't do it. Shaq's smart enough not to get involved in that. Thank God. You know, I mean, come on. <laughs> Thank God he's not. Thank God he's but it's not. Actually, it's actually, if you watch it, though, the other night I was watching it, and 
I think it was the, the final four games. The interaction between Barkley and Smith and what they're talking about, and then they 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 do a wide view of the four of them while like Barkley and Smith are talking, and Clark Kellogg's face, yeah, he's like looking like making this face like what what yeah. like he's because he, he's a he's a college basketball guy, and and to your point that that he's he's breaking down and letting you understand what's going on where these guys are simply for entertainment. And he's looking at them like, what are you talking about? Man, because I was- people don't want to know. People want to know who watches because people don't watch these teams all year long. It's no. not North Carolina is always on everybody's TV screen. So they're trying to tell people about this team and they only have 10, 10 minutes to do it. Yeah. yeah I'm with you. It, 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 let me tell you something. It was frustrating. It was really frustrating this year. It was really frustrating. I don't blame you. And it must make you mad that I had every, every team. I had every team in my bracket. I had, I had, I had all of them in the final 16, all of them in the eight. All of them in the <laughs> all of them. I went back and filled out the bracket again. Joe, please. <laughs> Good stuff, Mock. So Catone's comments was presented by Jag Media Productions and uh, Mock's pretty heated on that. And I think, uh, I think we want to get to some other people that may or may not be heated in the nation. Right, Joe? So, uh, yeah. Heated hotline whenever you're ready. Hi, you guys. My name is Jenny from Connecticut. I just want to say I love your show. I listen every week, um, and it's always so much fun to hear you guys. But I wanted to talk about golf and this whole Tiger Woods situation. So, like, so much is being made about how brave he is, how courageous and all the determination he's showing, but he's playing golf, not like Alex Smith, who almost lost his leg and came back to football. Tiger Woods is just walking around the golf course. Somebody else is carrying his bags. Like, are you kidding me? So anyway, thank you so much. Your show is great, and I look forward to hearing what you guys think. Well, thank you. And again, I always miss the name and where they're from. Joe? Jenny from Connecticut. All right, Jenny. That's a. will tell you what. That's a... That's a pretty interesting take right there, Mark. Yeah, yeah it absolutely you know, is. Absolutely. So little golf action. You you people out in the nation are keeping us keeping us right on our toes. I, I gotta tell you, I agree with her. I agree wholeheartedly. I mean, and, and I know it's probably blasphemy, right? To say anything negative about Tiger Woods. You know, he's in a horrific accident and so on. He was drunk. He was popping pills, whatever he was doing. What do you mean? What a horrific accident. Yeah, it was horrific. He was high. Well, I mean, regardless of that, I, here's how I agree with her, though. If you think about it, it's not really about him. Yeah, that's great. You came back. You know, kudos to you for, for healing and, yeah. and all that and, and doing great and getting back on a professional sports field. But she's right. It's golf. I mean, it's golf. Well, you know We're over-dramatizing it. You, you're walking around yeah. a golf course. Somebody else is holding your bags. I agree with that. And you, and and it isn't like, like she said, Alex Smith. It's not like you're putting on the pads, going out there and taking a physical beating all day. You're no, on a golf course. Like, like 85, 90-year-olds are on the golf. I mean, no, golf. that's true. That's true. But, but listen, what it is is, so he is probably one of the smartest athletes when it comes to marketing his brand that there has been in the history of sports, when you think about it. So he, he took, he marketed himself to to Nike. 
He 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 right on Saturday on Sundays the, the 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 last round of a major, he would break out the red shirt with the white nut right. The red shirt was out. That was Tiger was on the prowl with the red shirt and the black hat. Right, that was his look. That was him. Everybody knew it was Sunday of a major because Tiger was on the course with his red shirt on. Right, so just everything about that he did image wise and everything he did to promote him himself. You know. He had the tiger on top of the driver, and he, you know, he, he, he did what golf had never seen before. Chris, there were golf was always a bunch of middle, middle class old white men, Jack Nicholson, Tom Watson, even the guys from Europe, right? There were a certain group of people that nobody could identify with. Here's a kid who grew up, person of color, that not many of them, if any, yeah, he looked different, right? He looked different. He represented America. He marketed himself. He was in commercials. He was everywhere. He had a swagger about him. He would do the fist bump. He would, you know, he'd cock his arm up in the air. He did things at a golf course that you didn't see before, yeah. right? He didn't, you didn't see that stuff on a golf course. It was a gentleman's game. It was, you know, yeah. you're reserved and you, you didn't yeah. do the things that he was doing. He was brash and he was, he, he brought what happy Gilmore. He, he, he Happy Gilmore. Yeah, but he brought, you know what? I I I I um correlate him, Chris, to what the, the Fab Five did at Michigan. They Michigan. brought that 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 um gangster rap culture to the basketball scene. And what you see now out of basketball players, those the Fab Five at Michigan, they brought that culture to the game. He brought something to golf that never existed before. So now anytime anything is talked about with golf. Everybody wants to still talk about Tiger, even though he's become pretty much irrelevant because of all the injuries. He's back. He's going to play in the Masters. Nobody's been able to take that baton from him. Even if they've won a couple of majors, they've never been. They still can't market themselves. They win the tournament. People hear about him for a day, and then they go off into oblivion. Well, that's the you know problem. What I mean? See, that's the big problem, and you know, but, but because you're right, it's I don't even. Can, he was dating supermodels. Can, can, this girl, can that girl, girl, right? Can either one of you name the top three golfers right now? Right now? Right now. Like, right now. And I don't mean in this tournament, the Masters, no. just in general. Nope. Right. Exactly. And that's to Mark's point. That's what it is. You know, there's nothing to talk about. These guys are so brutally boring. Mm-hmm. So unless you're a golfer, unless you're someone who, like, walks around with a TW hat on all day long, yeah. you don't care. You're mm-hmm. not watching it. You think anybody gives a shit about the Masters this week uh, if Tiger Woods wasn't playing? Nobody. Nope. Nobody cares. So I agree with you with that. I just don't think it's very courageous. I wouldn't use the word courageous. No, it's can, not courageous. It but but what? It's, no, it's not courageous. But because of everything that he has image-wise created, whether false or not, that's why people take that view of him. The call is 100% right. That's courageous. No, what Alex Smith did was courageous that yeah, was you, courageous. you you go somebody step out step on a football field for those yeah. years and 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 go get it at eye level and see what those guys are like coming at you that you're right that's courageous you're walking around a golf course somebody else is holding your bag <laughs> you know it's great congratulations good for you just like mlb like i said they should have released the tigers on uh golf they should release the crocodiles and alligators just let them play with the golfers and just See what I happens. think they, I think they should do what Happy Gilmore get 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 those guys in hockey yeah. and stick them on a golf course and uh, 
you know, no, no holds barred. You but lost your mind. I know, Jenny. That's a that's a hell of a call. That's, no, that is a great call. That is a great call. And you know yeah. what? I I kudos to her. Hats off to you, Jenny, because nobody else has the uh, you know nobody else has the lady. So nobody else has the nerve to come out and say those kinds of things. You know what else I noticed this week? They uh, I, in preparation for this Masters, I've noticed Tiger's been on a few times, press conferences, this and that. He's done, and, and I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to say one thing, and then I'm done on this topic. He's starting to look a little bit like Barry Bonds. <laughs> well, he was a ghost never going to test him. Their ratings, their ratings are never going to be any higher than they are right now this nope. week. So I think you're going to stay nope. clear of that. They're going to let him. Now that's you know, like outrageous. Happy, like, that's right, Joe. Like Happy Gilmore. You know, well, the sponsors are coming. We don't want to disrupt that too much. We like that. So, Jenny, you are officially in the nation. She is the real deal, New England feel, coming up with that take. Uh, Heated Hotline was presented by Corso Law Group, Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. CorsoLawGroup.com. Allow us to be your voice. Hey, when we come back, let's we're going to get real. It's that time again for a timeout for a message from one of our sponsors. No one ever thinks they will be in the need of a criminal or traffic lawyer, but things happen. Corso Law Group is Arizona's leading criminal and traffic law firm. Their 20-plus years' experience and attention to detail has helped thousands of people all across this great country who found themselves in a situation in Arizona. So whether it's a traffic ticket or if you need reduced DUI or more serious issues, call or go online to CorsoLawGroup.com and talk with these expert attorneys who I know will help you. Corso Law Group. Back in with more Corso Ancatone, the real deal, New England feel. And listen, we are nothing if we're not real. We keep talking about that. We keep saying it. So let's go real deal. What are you writing now? Stop working over here. You're talking about nonsense. I'm working. That's why we are the real deal. <laughs> it's going to be real. Do the Patriots have their number one receiver? That's the question. We, of course, have all the answers. I mean, you know, that's that's who we are. So, Mark, let's get <laughs> let's get real about this, honestly. So, th so this week they make a trade. A, a, a rare in the division trade with the Miami Dolphins for uh, Devontae Parker and a fifth round uh, pick we get over, uh, we send over a third round pick next year. So in essence, we're taking Parker in the third round next year, right? Mm -hmm. First, you know, why would, why would Miami do this? Well, it tells you that, that they may think that they know they may know something we don't know about this guy. Obviously, he's he's been somebody who's been uh, injury prone. People think that he's a little lazy, hasn't isn't willing to play with with injuries. Uh, so, so I think you know, wore out his welcome in Miami. But, but there was something there where Miami was willing to trade him to us. I I, I don't necessarily know what why. I mean, last time they did something like that was with Wes Welker. I'm shocked that they yeah. did it again. I mean, I know there's different people in Miami now than there were then, but we saw what happened the last time they made a deal in 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 in, in division to us. It turned out to be one of the worst things they could have ever possibly done. I know we don't have Brady anymore, but still, no matter what they think of Parker, yeah, it's still risky on Miami's part. No, 
Yeah, I mean, to, it, I think I don't. I don't. You won't usually don't trade in the division. I mean, that's just typical. You know, now you say, well, what does Miami know that we? Well, what do they know? They know that they know that they have Waddle. They now have Hill. Uh, Wilson's over there, right? Yeah. Um, and Check they have Gasecki. Yeah. So the room just got too fat. You know, I mean, okay. you have too much talent in that room. Parker's the odd man out. Why carry the salary? Why do, you know, I mean, I yeah. get it. There's only two years left on it, but at some point he was going to be asking for, going to have to do something with him. And now you get back a third round pick next year. I, I would have to imagine Miami's looking at the scene that way, other than, you know, the, these, these experts over here talking about, well, you know, why would you take somebody else's scraps? Well, then why would you ever trade for anyone? That's the dumbest friggin' argument well, I've ever heard. That's, in my stupid. Life. that's, yeah, that's stupid. stupid. You know, stupid. then why would a trade ever happen? No, he, he, there was too many guys in that wide receiver room. They needed to let one go. Yeah. I will say it's interesting going into the division because that tells you what you said, Mark, which is the Patriots aren't, aren't on our radar anymore. We don't care. We, 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 it's nothing to yeah. us. We wouldn't trade him to Buffalo, but we don't care about trading him to you. So, okay. So is he. Is he a two, true number one? Because if you remember, when when we when we play, I mean Miami's gotten the better of us the last few years, right? Brady or not Brady, and Devontae Parker was their ace. He was their number one. He gave Devontae Parker ate up Gilmore. Remember that game? He ate oh, him up Gilmore and Jackson ate him up. Ate so him up. because I keep listening to everybody this week talk about well. This guy's washed up. He's not a number one. He can't tell. Maybe he's not a number one. I mean, I don't know really, if he's a number one. He may be a number two. I, well, is he? Talk know. about it. I don't know if he's number one. I mean, I mean, I think, okay, let me preface it this way. Maybe he's a number one for us because yeah. our talent pool in that room is so bad. But is he really a number one when you look at the rest of the league? Probably not. He's probably wow. a number two, right? Maybe a three, two, maybe a two. He, and when he's at the top of his game, he's probably a two, right? I don't know if he's a true one. I don't think he's a one. But on our roster, if he goes back to the level that he has shown in the past. He could very, yeah, he very well would be our one, I think. No? Well, he's a one for us. No matter. For us. That's what <laughs> I'm no saying, right? About no, I, I understand what you're saying. You know, you got guys out there like Hill, Diggs, uh, uh, what's his name in, uh, in in Cincinnati? Chase, Samuel, you know. Your buddy, you love, Adams, your, buddy, Hopkins. your buddy Hopkins. Yeah, I mean, th those are the best receivers. I mean, he's not that. He's not at that level at all. But for what you say with us, yeah, I mean, I think he is. And, and look, He's going to look great for us in training camp for sure, because he's going to be going. He's going to be going against our corners. He's going to be going against Jawan Williams and these guys Wade and these guys listen, in training I camp. He's going to look. Listen, like, he's going to look. Like I Hill. certainly hope that's not all we got to put out there. Oh my god! Right, well, that, that's a that's a conversation for another day. But I'll tell oh you what. Yeah, right now it is all we have. All right. So listen. So right, so you know? so what does that mean? But no, talking about us. So, so what's do, we, do we keep, that's what I was going to say to you. So do we keep all our, what do we got for a depth chart? Is your all buddy right. staying? Uh, okay, hold on. So, so you're going to stop. <laughs> How the hell can he possibly stay? You know, so, and we're talking about Harry, of course. Uh, so you got Parker now, Aguilar, Bourne, Myers. And this is the order I think, the depth chart. You know, Parker, Aguilar, Bourne, Myers, um, Montgomery, I'll even throw Wilkerson in on that because I liked the way he flashed last year a little bit towards the end, and they didn't use him again. But so I didn't mention Harry, uh, as you can see, he has to be out now. I mean, 
We have to get our wish now. So, so what are you going to do? Gonna get rid of this okay, so what do you do with him? Do you try to trade him for a sixth or seventh round pick? You send him back here to ISU. That's what you do. Yeah, so and, you and go I don't back know. to school. Repeat, repeat your senior year, you jackass. Listen, you know? I don't know if I listen. He can go help you coach. He can go work with, with you. Oh yeah, he no, can he, be, he, he can be receivers coach yeah, for you guys. He can, he can carry the water. You yeah. Know? Listen, I don't know if, if he can somebody, catch punts. I don't even know. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he's somebody would even give you a sixth or seventh round pick for him. Nah, like he's I a think release guy. he's probably a release. You'll save a like. I think I, the number I saw last night was he'll save you like one point two million or something on the cap. Um, yeah. Which, which I'm sick of hearing that BS, Chris, about the cap. Oh, 1.2 million, you're going to save on the cap. Oh, we got to we got to shave a little bit more off of other contracts to sign all our our, our rookies. Are you kidding me? That, that I read this morning the Rams, yeah. the Rams, just signed Wagner. Now yeah. they're talking about maybe going after Matthew. The safety. So how the and hell Matthews, are they signing yeah. Matthew? How are they signing all these guys? And 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 we got to figure out how to uh, open up a little money to sign rookies. Please, please don't. Please, people the that Buffalo, are reporting that. The, the people Buffalo that are reporting Bills. that. If that shit. Please don't report it anymore. You look like morons. The Buffalo Bills, okay, just spent 170 million of guaranteed money on two guys. Okay, you're talking about the quarterback, and you're talking about Diggs. Diggs just got. Just they just got a hundred million dollar contract, but got seventy million of it guaranteed, and that's how teams are getting it done, because they're opening up their purse and they're giving out real money, something the New England Patriots are not willing to do. They're just not willing to do. So that all falls back, Mark, to to, to Bill's evaluation, doesn't it? It goes back to the draft. I mean, the only reason you're having to make this kind of move is because you suck in the draft. You can't draft that kind of position, right? No. So listen, that that position. Wide receiver and cornerback. Okay. So these are two positions where typically he can't draft. Even corner. Yeah, you've had some good corners over the years. How did you get them? You didn't draft them. You traded for them. You signed them as free agents. They they or or, or they were undrafted guys right. who, who caught fire that you coached up, but you can't draft them. You know why he has trouble drafting those two positions? Is because those two positions require athletes, real athletes and that's not something that he values he doesn't value athletes he he values guys oh can, are, are they smart um can are they you know uh, uh, what are their intangibles uh can they can they do a couple of different two or three different things can they play slot can i move them to safety can i move them to corner can, can he play can he play the the x position can he play the y position listen Either you're an athlete or you're not. If you're not an athlete, you can't play wide receiver in this league anymore. But that's not something he values. Same thing at corner. Same thing at corner. So so I think what he looks for in those positions is why he can't draft them anymore. What's funny to me is it, it's such an odd thing because he can't – yeah, he can't seem to evaluate those skill positions, right? But he's able to figure out when they're done. See, this is what this is why I, I and maybe because he needs time with them to figure that out. But so, for, for example, okay, what what I mean by that is, Belichick has historically been able to figure out when a guy has like a year left, really, in the tank. Aside yeah, he, number, yeah, he did that with the guy. Aside in number twelve, hold on. Yeah, a he, did yeah, he did that. I, I understand that, but you know what, Mark? Everybody was wrong on twelve. Don't tell me this. Get the hell out of here with that. Don't sit there and tell me that you or anybody else. Okay, we're sitting out there going, 
you know, oh, he's going to play till he's like 47 years old. He's going to play till he's 50. Nobody. Yeah, now you're saying that. But nobody was saying that back then. People were saying, well, you know, Felger, uh, even uh, us, we were saying it too. Look, you know what? I was not saying that. That was you. You wanted to trade him. Pull the tapes. Pull the tapes. Pull the tape. What tape? What is, this, is, what is this? What is this? Watergate? What is Watergate? You're too busy watching 1977 World Series at two o'clock in the morning. That's the problem. It clouded your whole head. You know. Joey, Watergate. Pull the tapes. Watergate. From '72. But he can do it. He can. He can evaluate guys when they're. I mean, look at his history. You got with Ty Law, Malloy, McGinnis, Revis, Butler, Givens, Branch, Welker. Okay, J.C. Jackson. He's able to. Well, whoa, we'll see whoa, about whoa, we don't Jackson. know about JC Jackson. We'll see yeah, about JC Jackson. But I have a feeling that when you try to put Jackson man to man, when you try to make him play man out there, he's in trouble. But anyway, the point I'm making is he's always been able to figure out when a guy's got a year left. Ty Law was the same way. Remember, went to the Jets, had a good year, then he was done. Yeah. And these no, guys, he... most of them are done. So why can't he do that? But he can't figure out initially how to pull those guys on your team. I don't get it. Because. Once they get into the league, he can evaluate them based on what they're doing in the NFL. But he can't project. First of all, he doesn't he doesn't value athleticism. He doesn't. He does not value that. He doesn't. And he has trouble projecting those positions out of college who can transfer into what he expects. Once they've established themselves and they're in the NFL. There's nobody better at figuring that out, but he can't take them off the, the the field in college and project it for some reason at those positions. And and I don't understand why. So he's too busy listening to his stupid friends at Rutgers and oh, Boston College. Yeah, I wish he would listen to the guy at Alabama and take every every skill position on that team. Just take them all. Just take huh? Alabama and move them over to the senior class of Georgia's defense and move them over to the Patriots, right? So yeah. are they listening are they to Carson and Catone. Exactly. Yeah, no, there you go. Listen to us. Hey, you put us in. The, hey, Joe, you put us in that draft room. We'll get it done. So, See, last question. In the first hand, you guys are, are like you know savants in that way. <laughs> well, so so the last. So th- this is my last question to you. Then, okay. So does that going to affect what they do in the first round? Are they going to take that number one? Now, no. I think they have a number one. No, they, he took. He went and traded for pocket. He's not going to take a. He's not taking a guy receiving the first round. I don't. Maybe maybe second or third round. He. I will be shocked if he takes a receiver in the first round. Absolutely shocked. Doesn't that after this I, after this trade? That pisses me off. Beyond pisses me yeah, off. Yeah, I know that, but it's going to happen. You, you get to that twenty first pick if Williams is there from Alabama. You've got to take him. You have to take him. Or Mecky in the second. He's going to take an offensive tackle. Oh, I'm gonna, you know what? You, uh, then you all, everybody get ready and tune in to the post-draft show. Okay, the draft recap show. Gear up for that. So the question for you out there is the same. Do the Patriots have their new number one? We want to know. Let us know in Heated Hotline, right? We want to know from you. Uh, Real Deal was presented by Special Sauce Podcast. What's your special sauce? Specialsaucepodcast.com. Guys, it's uh, it's time to go. Great week. Thank you both. Uh, and thank you for joining us in the nation. And listen, get on this week. Our shows are all up for you to watch and listen to. We want you to do that. And hey, I keep talking about it. Heated hotline. Get these calls. We've given wait, you. Wait, wait, we're the real deal. Real Absolutely. deal. Call in New England. Call. Please. 855 Pats. 855-313-7287. to give them the numbers too. 7287. Come back next week, 7 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be talking NBA playoffs. Yankees versus Red Sox, more draft preparation, anything, 
anything you can come up with, we're going to be ready. And you know why? Because we are the real deal, New England feel. See you next Saturday. Thank <laughs> you.